Welcome to Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation. In this program, Marty discusses waterfowl and upland bird hunting, as well as the clay target shooting sports, with some of the top industry leaders and shooting pros from around the world. If you're just starting out or you've been hunting and shooting for years, we'll have wing and clay target news and information that you can use. Now, here is your host, Marty Fisher. Hey, and welcome to Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation. I am Marty Fisher, and I, I'm going to tell you, I'm looking out of the window, and thank you, Lord, for some rain. You know, it has been really dry here in my neck of the woods down in the, in the uh, deep southeast in South Georgia. Uh, I know we've had a lot of folks around the country that have got some severe water problems, and our, you know, our hearts our, and, and thoughts and prayers go out to those folks. But man, we do need some rain down here, and thank goodness uh, we've we've had a couple of days of it. <clears throat> and boy, you know, if you had a chance to look at at my desk about with what I've got to cover uh, on this show this week, it is uh, it is amazing. We've got a lot of things going on. I've got a great guest that I'm going to be bringing on here in just a little bit. A uh, good buddy of mine, uh, Kirk McCullough, the king of the cut-down duck calls. And when I bring Kirk on, trust me, we're going to have some fun. And we've got some great stories that he and I can can um, can tell. And he's going to have some run, wonderful information for, for you guys who are duck hunters. I mean, this is this is going to be one of the, the most informative shows that uh, that we've done. I can assure you of that. But, hey, let me, without... Uh, Without further ado, let me say this. Uh, <clears throat> my first segment is brought to you by my good friends at the Crushable Vault. You know, if you haven't seen that particular product, you need to. CrushableVault.com. Uh, you know, they've got a new field collection out. My personal favorite is the um, uh, the uh, waxed cotton canvas bag in black walnut. I just absolutely love that. It's made with, number, with uh, 18-ounce wax cotton and... You know, the field collection has the same security as their original vault, which was just, I mean, <clears throat> like a, like a, you know, I mean, like, you know, Godzilla couldn't get in that thing. But uh, what this, what this product does, you can actually tie it into, into the back of your truck or the back of your car or your SUV. Uh, you've got your guns put in it. It looks like luggage. And I can promise you, nobody's going to take it out of there and um, you can you can put it in and, and cinch it up in 30 seconds and you can do the same thing to take it out so give my buddies at the crushable vault a look crushablevault.com if you like what you see there and you pick a product type in marty in the little promo box and they'll give you an instant 10 percent discount crushablevault.com Go there, and I promise you, you're going to really like what you see. Now, <clears throat> real quick before I bring Kirk on, let's talk a little bit about what's going on in the world. I, you know, being a media guy, I just get bombarded with all sorts of stuff. And, you know, some of the things on here, uh, you know, uh, haven't even made it, uh, haven't even made it out in the newspapers or, or TV or anything like that yet. And uh, so you're going to get, uh, you know, to, to hear it first and foremost. Uh, one of the things that I got, and I'm kind of happy about this, uh, you know, President Trump is uh, is a is a pretty bullish guy when it comes to outdoors. You know, he's not a, a hunter or a fisherman himself that much, but his his two sons are. I mean, they're they're avid hunters. Uh, but the one thing that I do know is he's committed to expanding the public access on, on public lands for hunting and fishing. And here recently. Um, uh, the new Secretary of the Interior, or Bernhard, uh, announced that they're adding another 1.4 million acres nationwide 
that we're going to be able to hunt on at, uh, you know, in National Wildlife Refuges. Uh, right now, you know, you can hunt 377 of those, and that number is expanding to 382. So 382 wildlife, uh, wild, National Wildlife Refuges that are going to be allowing hunting. And this is, you know, big game and upland birds and waterfowl and, and all sorts of things. So uh, um, many, many thanks to, uh, to President Trump for, for doing that. <clears throat> you know, one of our great show partners, the Greeny Cases, uh, just announced that they're, they're, uh, they're hooking up uh, to sponsor a, a new TV show uh, that my buddy Chris Dorsey is doing. Uh, looks like it's going to be on the um, uh, I guess it's going to be on the Outdoor Channel, Sporting Classics TV. If you if you ever read Sporting Classics magazine, it's a great one. Uh, but uh, you know, the Greenie is going to be a part of that, and uh, I wish them well. And uh, and I, I can tell you, Chris will do a great job. It'll be a lot of fun to watch. Now, what's going on in the shooting world? Well, one of the things that a lot of people don't even know about this: the U.S. Shooting National Championship for Shotgun are underway right now in the month of June. Now, we talk a lot on this show about traps, skeets, sporting clays, things like that, 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 you know, the American version of those things. Well, this is international. And, and the one thing that we've got, we've got great international shooters that, uh, that will, somebody will eventually, out of these groups of people, represent us at the Olympics. But, um, you know, the, <clears throat> the, the shooting championship for shotgun internationally is going on all month, 23 days of it. Uh, it's going to be at the, um, uh, let's see, what the USA's International Shooting Park, which is in Colorado Springs, Colorado. So uh, be some great information coming out of that, and I'll make sure that, um, you know, if there's any information that, that you need to know, you will by all means get it. Um, oh, what else? I actually got uh, uh, got an email today about some the hunting regs. Being approved in Georgia, the duck hunting regs, and that's just kind of going to tie into my guest when I bring Kirk on board. Um, you know, here in the state of Georgia, we're actually changing things, and I think you know, around the, around the country, you're going to you're going to see some changes. <clears throat> I know certainly on the East Coast, you're going to see some changes because the uh, the mallard population is uh, getting pretty slim over here, and most states are going to be cutting the mallard limit back to two. Um, with no more than one hen, and they're going to be dropping the pintail limit down to one. So, uh, you know, and all of that stuff is based on on populations, and and on the eastern part of the country, at uh, you know the, those those particular species are are having some struggles. Uh, the one thing too that uh, that I noticed, uh, you know, here in Georgia, and I think other states will go to this as well. Uh, instead of the duck season ending the last Sunday in January. Uh, down in the south, it's now going to end on January 31st. So, you know, a lot of people have been uh, been begging for that to happen, and um, uh, looks like it uh, looks like it is. A uh, couple of things also related. You know, we we've got a lot of shooting going on, but we're getting ready to start cranking up the duck calling contests and all of that. There's actually one, uh, you know, coming up uh, coming up this this week. Yeah, uh, the Christian Waterfowlers Association. Um, having their calling contest in Springdale, Arkansas. And, um, you know, they've got a open for you know, world qualifying. They've got meat contests. They've got two-man meat. They've, they've got youth. They've got all sorts of things. Uh, also this month, Illinois State is going to be held in uh, the Kaskaskia uh, River Regional, which is a uh, 
qualifier for the World Duck Calling, uh, callingducks.com will have all of that information. So, that being said, man, that's a that's a mouthful, and, and there's even more. You know, we've got uh, the, the Minnesota State High School trap. That shoot's getting ready to go on. All high school kids, I say high school, 6th grade to 12th grade, 8,500 kids. I want you to let that sink in. 8,500 kids, all shooting, 300-plus teams, and this is just in the state of Minnesota. That, that state has over 14,000 kids involved in the shooting sports, the clay target shooting sports. That's something to really pay attention to. Scholastic clay target uh, program American National Team Championships are coming up in July. Uh, that's up in uh, north of Columbus, Ohio. And then the World English Sporting, which I think a lot of people uh, that shoot sporting clays uh, on a, a regular level, uh, that's coming up in August. They've already got almost 1,100 people from all over the world <clears throat> pre-registered to come to that event. That's going to be at the Northbrook Sports Club outside of Chicago. So all that being said, I mean, I'm almost almost taking up a whole segment here, uh, but I did want to bring in my guest. And, uh, folks, this, uh, this gentleman is uh, – I've known him for – a number of decades, and, and I'm going to tell you something. First time I ever met him, I thought he was the wildest, craziest man that I had ever seen in my life. And, uh, uh, you know, and, and we've become friends. And, and over the years, you know, he and I have both come to respect the resource a lot more. And uh, and uh, without further ado, I want to introduce Kirk McCullough, who I call the king of the cut-down duck call. Kirk, are you on the line? Yep, yep. Hey, there we go. All right, my friend. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation. You know, we we were talking uh, before the show, and and it was kind of funny. You know, uh, you you had said, you know, who would have ever thought? Uh, and we named a number of things, and the one thing we didn't name was who would have ever thought that Marty and Kirk would be talking on a radio show that goes goes all over the world. I don't think either one of us would have ever thought that was going to take place. No, I agree with that. I mean, that's, uh, uh, you know, back back in the day, and we're, we're going to talk a little bit about back in the day here in just a minute. I, I, uh, I, I, think, uh, I think guys need to, need to realize that um, uh, there were a whole bunch of duck hunting and, and things that went on a long time before some of these young whippersnappers, you know, got involved. And, and I say that because, you know, I was one of those, too, when I was a little boy. I mean— you know, my dad drug me out there and almost froze me to death, and, and you know, I, I didn't know if I was going to make it or not. How about you? I mean, you, you know, how'd you get started? Well, I was, uh, I grew up in Pine Bluff, Arkansas, and my uncle and my dad, he, they hunted quite a bit, and uh, we went hunting on the Arkansas River when I was about 14 years old. We didn't kill anything, saw a few ducks. And uh, that's where it all got started, and it just—I just kind of, uh, you know, started going on my own, and that's, you know, basically that's how I got started. Well, you know, and and you're you 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 like me, you know, I did that. My dad took me, and and uh, you know, when I could, when I got where I could go on my own. You know, I would go. My brother would go with me. I had a, you know, a good friend of mine who's a, he was a friend of yours, Jimmy Murray. You know, I I used to date his both of his sisters of all things and and uh not at the same time now but uh 
Uh, but Jimmy and I hunted together a lot, and I had a couple of other guys. And you, you had a, a, a good buddy, Steve Schultz, who who I've met, and and uh, you guys were you guys were terrorists back then, weren't you? Well, you know, we were young, and uh, we had a lot of energy, and we were excited about hunting, and we went quite a bit, and we had a lot of good times, you know, when we were younger, and kind of as the years kind of passed by, both of us. Uh, kind of got into guiding duck hunting and uh he had his guide service i had mine and uh that's kind of how that friendship progressed but we went to school together and i uh, met steve a friend of mine named joe coles and we all started duck hunting together and uh it just you know it just kind of grew over the years and we had some really good hunts when we were younger well, you know, and you, and you did, and, and we, we've got to take a break here real quick, Kirk, and when we come back, we're going to talk about some of those old days, and, and we're especially going to talk about what I think you had mentioned to me was probably the most eye-opening day of duck hunting that you ever had, which actually sprung you into the cut-down cut call business. So, folks, stay tuned. I'll be right back with Kirk McCullough, the king of the cut-down duck call, right after these messages. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Englehart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now. 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. tuned into Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation. If you have a question or comment about the show, we're here via email, wingandclayradio at gmail.com. That's wingandclayradio at gmail.com. 
Now, let's get back to this week's show. And welcome back. And I can promise you, we are getting ready. You're getting ready to hear a story that uh, uh, that you'll never forget. And this is uh, this is this is going to be really really cool. But hey, before we get back to Kirk. If you're a social media person, please, by all means, go check us out. Uh, wingandclayradio.com is our website. You can go in there and, and uh, on demand listen to every show that we've ever done. And I promise you there are some really, really good shows in there with lots of information. Uh, Facebook.com slash wingandclayradio. Uh, check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash wingandclayradio. And then uh, then over on, uh, on Twitter is twitter.com slash wing clay nation and before we get back to kurt you know hey this segment is brought to you by my friends over at negrini cases you know i mentioned them a few minutes ago about uh, you know getting back into the into the tv business but let me tell you <clears throat> you know negrini is one of the very best gun cu- gun case makers in the world and you know a lot of people have have really really nice shotguns i mean they have shotguns that they they protect with their lives and you know once you make an investment like that you want to you want to protect it and transport it in style and we're all transporting cases i mean let's face it uh and the greeny cases are designed with discreet carry and specifically they're constructed with a patented technology that makes them the lightest weight luxury gun cases that's certified for international air travel. So go check them out, negrinicases.com. If you like what you see in there and you make a purchase of a case of $200 or more, just type in the promo code, type Marty in there, and they will send you uh, free of charge. Yeah, and they'll pay for the shipping. One of their new waterproof uh, ammo cases, which I promise you is really cool. It'll hold 100, 100 shells and you know, you'll, you'd love to have one, and uh, uh, with where where we're getting ready to start talking right now about uh, about some green timber stuff. But uh, folks, thegreenycases.com. Give them a look. I think you'll like what you see. Now, let me get back to Kirk. You know, Kirk, we we were talking uh, before before the break a little bit about your about your your early days, <clears throat> and uh, you had mentioned to me that there was a time, and this would have been back in the back in the 80s. I think early, early 80s, uh, where you had what was, from a duck hunting perspective, a life-changing experience. Why don't you tell us about that? Because that's really what has led you to be the cut-down king. Steve and I had hunted together a lot, and we both considered ourselves, you know, as as good duck hunters. And so we had gone to buy meat and found this place that we wanted to hunt the next morning, so... We uh we got we got in the woods that morning about four thirty and we walked in and you know, we always got every place where we went we got there early and uh daylight came and there was a lot of ducks flying and then we were hearing this duck call in the distance, it's probably two or three hundred yards from us and it sounded like four or five, maybe six people calling. And uh, the ducks went straight over us and went to, went to that call. And the ducks didn't pay us any attention. They just kept going. And then all of a sudden, it get quiet, and then you hear a long volume and cripple shooting behind it. Steve and I just kind of looked at ourselves. Well, you know, I guess they got those. And next thing you know, here comes more ducks going straight to it. And uh, long volley, cripple shooting behind it. And then basically, we just got shut down that morning. We didn't fire a shot, and we were just standing there going, man, what is that? 
So I had to go back to work the next morning. Steve said, well, I'm going to go over there tomorrow, and I'm going to wait on him to come in the hall, and I'm going to meet him and see who it is. And that's exactly what he did. So he called me that night. He said, Kirk, he said, that was Lester Capps, that iron worker for him in a white bluff. And Lester was a, he was a guide. He took hunters hunting. And he was an iron worker foreman at the White Bluff Power Plant when it was under construction. And he told me, he said, he was the only one calling. I said, man, there's no way that was one duck call. He said, yep. He said it was one guy. It was him. And he said, you'll never believe what he was blowing. I said, what? He said, an old. And so that that was being able to witness that firsthand and being, being a victim of a guy that had a cut-down duck call that knew what he was doing, was uh, it just changed our perspective on calling ducks for the rest of our life. And we, we, we went over to a cut-down old duck call, and we wound up hunting with Lester quite a bit as we were young. And uh, I hunted with him as much as I could to try to pick up some of the stuff that he did. And uh, to my knowledge, there's never been anybody that could match what he could do in uh, public timber. You know, and and you know, you go to uh, uh, your website, and you know, you've got some, and uh, and some of your social media, and you've got some videos of of you and Lester calling, and you know, I mean, he just looks like just kind of a regular old guy, but uh, you know, he's uh, he's he's whacking on that thing pretty good, and got his hands moving, and and uh, you know, a, a cut down call, you blow it really totally different than a, from a traditional call. You know, so a lot of these guys that. You know, they see ducks way off in the distance. They just want to just, just sit there and, and hammer on a hail call. It's just as loud and long as it can be in high-pitched screaming. But, you know, I've learned over the years, you know, having hunted with you and, and uh, you know, some other gentlemen that have been, been doing this for a very long time over in Arkansas in that flooded green timber, that deep, raspy sound has got a lot more carry volume than those high-pitch calls. And, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, you and I have talked about this. You've got, if, if you want to win in in the duck woods, you can, you need to be loud and you need to take control of the ducks. Yeah, I agree with that. It's a, it's a frequency thing, and a cut-down has a different frequency than a traditional, you know, I'd say a J-frame duck call. They are much louder. And they are heard from a longer distance. And I don't guess you can argue with what they will do, especially when you see it happen firsthand. And I had used the cut-down oak for almost 30 years when I was hunting in Biomeda, hunting on White River, wherever I wound up hunting in the woods. And it was a very effective duck call. And it uh, it just seemed like that you had a, you had a lot a lot better result with it than you would have if you were hunting with a J-frame. And I just think the J-frame just didn't have the volume capability. Well, and I, and I, you know, from from what I can tell, and, and I, I think I had mentioned a, a, a story, uh, you know, that an old guy had told me that he'd been guiding, you know, in some private timber, you know, which was one of the best places anywhere in the country, believe me, uh, just, you know, three miles from downtown Stuttgart, Arkansas. And, and, uh, and he said, look, 
He said, "You've got to growl at them, and you've got to you've got to you've got to hook them, and you've got to control them." And that and so, if you're not the loudest call in the woods, you can always back off of the sound. You've got to be able to get them in the first place. Because what a lot of folks may not understand is that when you're hunting, uh, you know, down where you did in Biometa, which was, you know, by reputation one of the premier green timber mallard places anywhere in this country without question it's just not it's not just you hunting there i mean you know you've got boats full of people everywhere and they're all yelling at the same birds well that you know there's a lot of truth to that there was a lot of people when i hunted and uh, even 30 years ago it was uh it was a challenge every day it was not easy and the thing that we tried to do was is make sure that we called constantly. We didn't stop. And once we got the ducks working, we did what we had to do to try to get them in the hole. And it just seemed like once you got those ducks paying attention to you with that cut down, they didn't look at anybody else. They didn't go to any other call. They stayed right with us. And during that time period, there were not very many cut-down calls being utilized in the woods. There was maybe six or seven people that had one. I was one of them. And uh, it just, you know, it was just a game-changer. Well, it, it it was. And, you know, the, the, the funny thing, I, I mean, I'm... And you know, I I kind of pride myself being pretty good duck caller, but I you know I'm I'm a I'm a J frame guy, you know I'm I'm blowing a traditional call, and you know I uh, the old Butch Richenback made me one one time. He says, "Here, I'm gonna make you a double reed as raspy as it can be," and <laughs> that was about the closest I could come to uh, to 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 match the the sound that uh, that you had. But I, I you know I always had just a wonderful time, uh, you know hunting with you and the guys and and one of the things Kurt that, that always impressed me was how you were you were able to you know I mean you'd done it enough you pretty much knew what those ducks were going to do I mean you you know because if you if you could get in get in the shooting hole that you that you want to and you know sometimes that was a rat race but but most of the time you were able to get into one of those spots and and uh, and and you'd been there enough you knew what the ducks were going to do on on any given wind and one of the things that I noticed about green timber shooting is when that that first duck commits and comes down and the other birds commit and come in behind it they pretty much go just about over the same limb i mean it's pretty amazing to watch it was it was, uh, you know, just like you said, once that first duck committed, the rest of them came behind it. And uh, ducks are a creature of habit. You know, they use the same places, and they all do the same things. And you could uh, you could pretty well, you know, gauge where they were going to come to if you had the right wind for it. And it was just, uh, it was a learning experience every day. And, you know, some people say, well, I, you know, you know it all right now. You've done it all, but that's not the case. And uh, every day it's a different learning experience, and especially with the way things have changed over the last 30 years, hunting is not like it used to be. No, it, it is very different. And, you know, I, I, I don't know that, that many folks listening to this show have ever had the pleasure of seeing 200, 300, maybe even 400 mallards drop, drop into a shooting hole. You've seen that multiple times, and I've seen it with you, and it's a, it's it's quite a spectacle. 
it's uh it's it was this it was the most uh, I guess what you call it, that's what everybody wanted to see. It wasn't the killing; they just wanted to see the ducks come through the trees and be that close to them, and uh, see them get on the water and get into decoys, and then the shooting. That was just uh, that was the bonus out of all of it. But the actual enjoyment of it was to see the ducks work, see them come through the trees. And there's nothing better than seeing mallards coming through the trees on a, with a blue sky in the background. That's you know that's just what that that did it for me. That's what well, I like about. And it and it does it for me too. And hey, we're up on another break, Kurt. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about about your duck call line that you have developed. Uh, it, you know, and it's it's you've got a lot of stuff to talk about there, folks. Stay tuned. When we come back, Kirk and I are going to talk about the cut-down duck call line that he has developed. We'll be right back after these messages. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Are you ready for a disaster? If you are like many people in the world, that answer may sadly be no. Disasters happen unexpectedly to people just like you every day. Tune into Preparing for the Unexpected with business continuity and disaster planning expert Alex Fullick. The show will not only help you better prepare for a disaster itself, but also to prepare you, your place of employment, and community for the aftermath. Emotionally, financially, and with a better level of awareness and a stronger feeling of resiliency. Tune in Thursdays at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Get ready for the Get Down with Hurley Brown. Want to get inside the minds of the players and coaches? We talk everything sports, but with a focus on the NFL, NBA, and college sports. We'll review and preview this week's big games. We'll talk about the draft choices and free agents and go inside the teams for news, recruiting, and what's next from the colleges to the pro teams. It's the Get Down with Hurley Brown, Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific, on Voice America Variety. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on Instagram. Make sure you follow us and comment on our pictures from behind the scenes at our radio shows, live events, and around the network. We want to see what you have to share as well. Check us out on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned into Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation. If you have a question or comment about the show, we're here via email. Wing and Clay Radio at gmail.com. That's Wing and Clay Radio at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to this week's show. And welcome back. And I'll tell you, we are having a great conversation. You know, that story that Kirk just told a few minutes ago about. Uh, about Lester Caps, and uh, you know, I think that day Lester had a bunch of people he was guiding. You know, back uh, back in the day, you could actually guide in those wildlife management areas over in Arkansas. You can't do that anymore. They they put a stop to that. 
but I, I think on that particular day that they <laughs> that they had all of that uh, that great stuff going on, uh, and it and it may have been the next morning. I don't know when Steve went with them. I'm not really sure, but you know they had 18 guys in the party, and they got limits for everybody by 10 o'clock. That's pretty pretty special. But uh, hey, folks, before we get going, this portion of the show is brought to you by my friends at ESP Electronic Shooters Protection. Uh, you know, one thing about being around a whole bunch of duck hunters with shotguns, whether you're in pits or in, in, in blinds or trees or whatever it is, when everybody comes up and the shot gets called, there's a lot of noise. Well, I've got my ears protected with electronic shooters protection. It's a it's custom molded digital hearing protection. Everything over 90 decibels is blocked out, so I don't have any hearing loss, but I can carry on a normal conversation. Take a look at what they've got to offer. They've got some great products. Check them out at ESPAmerica.com. I think you'll really like their products. And uh, I use the uh, ESP Stealth model. That's the one that's my favorite. Now, let me get back to my buddy, Kirk. Um, You know, we talked, Kirk, you were were mentioning that, uh, you know, there weren't but a half dozen or so people really using a cut down for a good long while. And, And I think... You know, all of a sudden, you you kind of got into the duck call modification business, didn't you? I mean, people started asking you to modify oats and you know and produce that for them. So, t- tell me a little bit about that. Well, I hunted with cut down oat, and when we hunted, my customers, you know, they said, "Hey, I want to call just like that." So they go they go to Max or wherever and buy an oat and bring it to my camp, and I'd cut it right there on my picnic table. And uh, it got to where when we came in from hunting, there'd be eight or ten trucks in my front yard at my duck camp, and they were all wanting me to cut a call for them. So I started cutting oats and selling them, and then I stopped doing it, and I went to work in the oil field, and I started dabbling with duck calls again, and I was showing this duck call to a wireline engineer that I worked with, he said, Kirk, you ought to make a you ought to make a call that screws in. It's got a centralizer where the insert lines up straight. It fits good. And he said, you know, it'll work out better for you. So that's what I did. And uh, we we kinda we kinda worked with the threaded threaded com concept. And Jason Tom Bowley's a friend of mine and he was uh, he played a big part in trying to help me get it all worked out and figured out. So we did. And then I started selling them, and my business just kind of gradually grew. And the thing I like about what I've got, it's good to hunt with because the insert won't fall out. It threads in. It perfectly aligns every time, and it gives a lot cleaner, smoother sound. And I always struggled with my old everyday hunting. I was taking the insert out, adjusting the reed, sticking it back in there, and it never was going the same spot. And uh, it was really frustrating. And then when I was hunting, I had two of my inserts come out of my call during the peak of season, and it wasn't like I could just go get another duck call and get it replaced. No, that, so, that's for uh, sure. That, that kind of moved me in that direction. Well, you, now you've got a you, you've got uh, you know your own call is called the KM Custom Cut. You know it's a keyhole duck call. That you know tell everybody what a keyhole is. You know because I, I mean you know somebody said a keyhole. What the heck is that? You know a, a duck call's got a round hole. Well, a keyhole's not necessarily a round hole. It's uh, 
it's it's got a keyhole in a, in the insert. What it is is the tone channel on it is not cut with a milling machine, and it's a square tone channel. It's a little bit deeper, and uh, that is the that is the insert that was in the old like the old oak buck calls, and we made some changes to it, threaded it to where it would hold and stay positioned right. And uh, it just when you look in the when you look in the end of the insert, it's just a keyway right through there. Mm-hmm. And it lets a lot more air through, and it just has a, it has a unique sound. Well, it definitely has a unique sound. There's there's no question about that. And 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 one thing that I do like, and and I mentioned this to you in in our earlier conversations. You know, for a long time, you posted great hunting videos on on your social media. I mean, you had you had uh, you know some some things that just made made people just want to jump through the screen on the computer. And, and be standing right there next to you. But, you know, for the longest time, we didn't hear a lot of a lot of the calling. And now and now the videos that you're doing, you know, you're doing sound files and things like that so that so that people can actually hear what these what these call, uh, calls sound like. And, and yours is unique. This is not a uh, you know, this is not a poly call. This your calls are actually turned on a lathe. Is that correct? The uh, Ebonite calls are all hand done. They're done on a lake, and then some of the other calls that I have, I have the barrel CNC'd, and then I use a molding process to mold the inserts. That way I have a good supply of them, and they can be replaced. You know, it's hard to uh, it's hard to build a keyhole duck call if you're going to machine it, and uh, it's just not an easy process to go through. So when you get one built, like the one I've got, it's, uh, you know, you've got some. It's a good, good duck call to hunt with. Well, and, and you know, and, and every one of those calls goes through your hands. I mean, you, it, you're just not throwing it in a box. I mean, you know, you start talking about, well, I've, I've got four files. I've got three grit sizes of sandpaper. I've got all sorts of things. I want to make sure these things sound right before they go out to the customer. Yeah, I've got, uh, I've got several jigs that I use. And I've got some uh, things that my father designed for me to make my job easier. And every call that I send out, it's tuned by me, it's cut by me, it's packaged by me. And uh, it goes out as good as I can get it. And I don't have anybody that works for me. I have no employees. And uh, it's a sole-run business just myself. Well, and, you know, and, hey, my hat's off to you because it (laughs) – you know, it, it, and your calls have gotten really popular, and, and because of that, you're a busy guy. I mean, you know, you could you, you say, well, I'm going to retire from from being in the oil and gas business, and and you retired yourself right into a real job. Uh, you know, because now you you you're making a lot of duck calls, and uh, well, tell me a little, one thing. I, you know, when I first started to, to try to run one, being a being a, a J frame call guy. It was so different that I was like, man, I'm going to hyperventilate on this thing. But I know you have made some changes in, in what you've done with your calls now because those old oats, they were what they were, you know. And and, and I know you've made some changes to, you know, to, to that type of design. And, and you're able to make these calls a little bit easier for people to run now. When I first started doing it, all I got was complaints and People that bought from said, Kirk, I can't boil if this thing takes too much air. 
And I said, well, you know, I said, it just takes practice. Well, I should have listened sooner. So I said, you know what, they're right, so I need to make it easier. So what I did was is I went to the inserts, and I figured out a way to keep the volume and make it easier to blow. And now the calls that I sell are easy to blow. They deliver just the same amount of volume, and the threaded insert with the centralizer on it plays a big part in that because it keeps the uh, tone board aligned in the inside diameter of the barrel. Uh So they're easier to blow. A lot more people can blow them, and they're just as effective as the old hard-to-blow keyhole oak. My keyhole oak that I had, nobody could blow The one I hunted with. Everybody would pick that call up, and they'd say, how do you blow this thing? And it's just because I had got used to that... uh, used to working on that call like that, and that's what I did when I hunted. It was a job to blow that call, and it took so much air that I was sweating by 8.30 in the morning. Rarely did I wear a hunting coat when I was hunting because I was so hot from blowing that duck call. Well, and and back then, (laughs) I'm going to say this because a lot of folks listening, some of these younger guys that might be listening, Uh, they don't realize what we had to hunt in back then. I mean, there was almost no such thing as anything waterproof. I mean, if it if it rained, you just got wet. And that's right. There, the the clothes that we had were just they were minimal at best, and either everybody wore walls coveralls and wore red ball waders, and you just wore. Four or five pairs of socks and what other other kind of clothes you could stuff up under it, and you know that's what we hunted in. We didn't have all this the, the new stuff that's out there today that's actually waterproof, actually warmer, and actually more comfortable. Yeah, there were there were a lot of really uncomfortable days out there. I mean, I I remember some days in in the timber where you know we uh, uh, an old boy from up there in Atlanta. What was his name? Joe Nylon. Wound up, wound up cutting a hole in 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 his waders. He, you know, kicked or kicked a stick or something. And the next, and we had we had to get him out of there before he he uh, he had hypothermia because his waders filled up in a hurry. And uh, you know, and and there's no forgiveness down there in that, and there's no land. I mean, you've got to get back in the boat and get back to the boat landing in order to make it. That's right. Well, and there and there's a lot of that too, Kirk. And you know, and when we get to our final segment here in a little bit, we're going to talk a little bit about about some hunter ethics and and being smart and things like that. Because you know, both of us and and you more so than me, because you're out there doing it every day. You know, back you know back then, um, you know, you you've seen some people do some really pretty stupid things and you know i mean if the truth's known we probably did some pretty stupid things ourselves that we know better than now but we you know we'll talk about that here in a little bit but i but i do want to ask you this question um for the people that that are j-frame guys okay and they they they've never picked up a cut down call but they've all said more i want to i want to do this or maybe they've got one that's hard too hard to blow and they can't can't make it work in your mind, what's the what's the difference in how you put air into a cut down versus how you put air into a J frame? Tell everybody a little bit of what that is. A J frame call traditionally is easy to blow. Anybody can blow one. 
and it's a good selling point. And there's a lot of people that use J-frame calls that are really good duck hunters. And the areas that they hunt, they don't need to swap over to a cut-down. A cut-down is an aggressive duck call, and it's made, you know, it, it became famous in the woods of Arkansas because of the power that the call gave the caller. But it's no different than playing a guitar. It's no different than playing a saxophone. It's no different than playing baseball, swinging this bat versus that bat. You make the transition, you get used to it, and your body will adapt to it. Your facial muscles, your throat, your height, your weight, whether you smoke or not, that all affects how you blow a duck call. When you blow a cut down, your body's going to adjust to it because that's exactly what happened to me. And after about 10 years of blowing a cut down every duck season, I was so used to it, so accustomed to it, it was just a piece of cake for me to do. So yeah, I mean, it, know, it became I, it became a, yeah, it became a part of you, and that's a, that's the whole the whole thing. But hey, we're back up on our on our last break. Uh, let's take that now, and when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about cut down and and that sound, and then we're going to talk a little bit about uh, you know some hunting techniques and and some ethics and things like that. Folks, stay tuned. We'll be right back with my good buddy Kirk McCullough the king of the cut-down duck call, right after these messages. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. Racers and Rental Cars is the program for wannabe pro racers and those interested in the racing profession and automotive industry. Join hosts Cameron Ferre and Don O'Neill as they take you behind the scenes with previews and review for race day. It's about the business as well as the fun. We've got the scoop, the guests, the discussion, and the WTF moments. All you need to do is bring your ears. Racers and Rental Cars heard every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You 
are tuned into Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation. If you have a question or comment about the show, we're here via email, wingandclayradio at gmail.com. That's wingandclayradio at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to this week's show. And back we are. And hey, I, I want to remind you of one thing, you know, so I don't, I don't have to run up to the end of the show and not having said it. If you're a podcast listener, we are on iTunes for as long as that is, and whatever the new Apple thing is, we'll, I'm sure we'll be on that too. But iTunes, TuneIn, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher, all on podcast, and uh, they've got every show that we've ever done. You can go to Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation to, as a search, and they'll all pop up right there. Now, back to my buddy Kirk. And Kirk, we were you know talking a little, you know, right before the break, talking about the. Um, uh, you know your your call line and and the, the things that you've got and 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 one of the things that before the break I wanted to say and you know we got up on the break time and I didn't get to say it but the the one thing uh, when you're talking about the sound of the call uh, the one thing that I notice the you know a cut down call has got a different and I want to say this it's almost like a symphonic sound down in the timber you know it's a totally different sound and when when you know watching you work ducks you know you don't blow right at the duck you'll blow at him you'll blow left you'll blow right you'll turn around blow behind you'll blow down on the water i mean all of those different things make that sound different to those birds off in the distance don't don't they was uh it was a learning process for me and I would have ducks fly downwind, and they just keep going. And one day I said, well, I'm just going to turn around and blow the opposite direction to see what happens. So I turned around blew behind me, and they turned around and came back to us. I would blow my duck call on the water. I would bend over because my back was hurting so bad from standing up in the water. I'd just bend <laughs> over just kind of get some relief from it and kind of just discovered that that was a great thing to do, that they liked that. And then I found, you know, one of the things that Lester did, he was always swapping directions, blowing his butt call. And he didn't he didn't keep his head down, he kept his head up, he watched ducks at his call. So those are just some of the things that I picked up over the years. Some of them they were accidentally, you know, I just it was a fluke thing that it happened. I figured it out just like the chatter. Uh I was nervous one day. We weren't killing a lot of ducks. There was a lot of ducks flying, so I just said, you know, I'll just chatter as fast as I can and try that. Well, it worked. So that's how uh, that's how I picked up all those little small things. Well, and so much of that, you know, it's all experience. I mean, if you're out there, and like you say, you know, you call a lot. You never stop calling, and that's that's one of the things that uh, uh, that that allows you to back when back in the day allowed you to blow that call. But you know, now you were a guide. And boy, I mean, you know, when you're a guide, you've got a lot of people depending on you. And, uh, you know, I mean, they're, you know, and, and let's face it, I mean, you were a paid guide. And, um, you know, people expect you to perform. But performing as a guide is a lot more than just getting the ducks in front of people. Uh, you know, you've got the safety, you've got the ethics, you've got all sorts of things. And, and tell me a little bit about that, if you will. We, uh, we might. We were extensive planners. We had limited communication. There was no handheld cell phones, no GPSs. And basically, we talked about what we were going to do. And that's the plan. We had stick to what I like it on the cell phone. 
mind our P's and Q's. Be careful about what we did. And my thing was is to get in the woods early and be the last one to leave. Well, and, and, yeah, and, you know, as a guide, the, you know, the number one thing in all of this is safety. I mean, you, 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 you had these people's lives, you know, in your hands, and some of them were kids. Yeah, right. We had to be careful about what we did, and uh, we had to be safe. You know, we had to make sure our equipment was operating. And I guess, you know, if I could send a message out to people that are listening to this, when you're duck hunting, duck hunting is dangerous. And within one second, you can have a life-changing event. It's either a gun going off, maybe you're going to, uh, maybe you're in the water, maybe, some, you know, somebody gets in the water, wear your life jacket when you're in the water, guy wants to get in the boat with you, he doesn't want to wear a life jacket, don't take it. If you have to wind up rescuing him, it's a lot easier to rescue a guy with a life jacket on than it is one without it. And when you handle your guns, make sure they're on, they're unloaded. Don't put them in something travel from one spot to another with them loaded. Unload them. And uh, just, just freak, freak acts happen all the time, and that's what they are is they're asking. But uh, you want to take every precaution that you can. Shotgun blast from 10 feet to human being is pretty devastating. Well, and the one thing, and the one thing that I do know, and you're and you're a real stickler on this, and we're about to run out of time here, so we can't spend much time on this. But you know, if 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 you get there first, you own the hole. I mean, that is that's that's just how the the game works. So you know, guys don't need to be trying to horn in on people that are already there. You know, let them finish their hunting, and if you want to go there, go there. But we're down to one minute, buddy. So uh, do this for me. Uh, how do people get in touch with you? Give me your website and some uh, contact information on social media. You can Google my name, Kirk McCullough. All the information that you need is right there. My website is www.cutdowndupcalls.com. I have two other websites as well, greentemperedduckhunting.com and kirkmccullough.com.net. Or you well, can reach me Instagram or Facebook. Right. And I can tell you right now, uh, the Green Timber Duck Green Timber Duck Hunting site is pretty cool. And Kurt's got some videos out there. Folks, it has been a real pleasure having this man on my show. And uh, I'm gonna tell you something. When I call him the king of the cut down, I'm not kidding. I mean, um, uh, this <clears throat> this gentleman is, is is the best in the business at, at what he does. And Kurt, thank you so much for being on the show, buddy. And um, I'll, I'll probably have you back before duck season. But, folks, we got to go. We're out of time. Uh, remember, be safe, good hunting, and shoot straight. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation. Please join Marty again next Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until next week's show, think safety first and good shooting.